Welcome to TVN's Praise Podcast, hosted by Matt and Lori Crouch, where you will hear interviews with some of your favorite Bible teachers, pastors, authors, and Christian leaders. On today's episode, Bobby Schuler hosts Christian speaker and New York Times bestselling author Nick Vujicic. Listen as Nick shares his unique testimony of being born without arms and legs and how God has used his life to impact millions of people worldwide. Today, we're going to talk about unstoppable faith from one of my favorite people, Nick Vujicic. Nick, hi, we're so glad to have you, and it is such an honor to have you in the house. I I remember, um, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Bobby Shuler from Hour of Power, and Nick and I met for the first time at the Christa Cathedral years ago. Uh, I think you were like 22, 25, something like that. And I remember looking at this man and thinking, there is someone I can follow. This is going to be one of the greatest voices in our generation. And you are that already. And so, Nick, it's such an honor to have you. You're such a good friend and such an encouragement to so many people. And uh, thanks for being here. Thank God, Pastor Bobby. So good to see you. God bless you and your church. And thank you for being obedient in God's calling in your life and God bless you and your family. And it's great to be here on stage with you again. Well, we're going to hear a lot about your story and the amazing things that God's not only doing in your personal life, but in your vast ministry. It's become a global I hate to say empire because it's the Lord, but it'd be the Lord's empire, of course. We're building the, go- global, the kingdom I mean, of God worldwide. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. We were just looking backstage at this this tent that that you've put together and these these crowds that you're drawing. Um, in fact, you just got back from I think it was the Ukraine and Mexico, and I, I saw a picture in Ukraine where you had something like eight hundred thousand people show up. By the grace of God, all of Europe, 2017, uh, they're celebrating the 500th year Reformation, and so. The fact that uh, the common person uh, in those regions of, of, of Europe uh, were actually able to access the Bible. And uh, so I was there to talk about how God's changed my life and, and to really compel people to think about truth and, 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 and ask Jesus to, to come into their life. And actually out of 800,000, 400,000 gave their life to Jesus wow. right there and then. Unbelievable. So, 400,000 people. Yeah, praise God. You know, and it's not Nick and it's not us. It's, it's all about Jesus and, yeah. and the local believers who are praying for that country, the churches that would work together. And, and God will move in any country where we do come together. And, uh, and when we preach the gospel, the gospel is powerful. We know that Jesus wants all uh, to know that he loves them. That's so awesome. So let's talk a little bit about your story. First of all, that accent you have. Well, maybe I have the accent, right? You, <laughs> you were born and raised in Australia. That's correct. And, uh, and you were born to two really great, loving parents. Um, and, and you were born with no arms and legs. What was that like for you as a, as a kid growing up? You know, going to school, seeing other people uh, who had more than me, it was quite hard to believe that God loved me like everyone else. And the question is, why does a loving God allow us to go through suffering? And if God loves me and I have faith uh, in his power, why doesn't he give me a miracle? And so as the arms and legs did not miraculously come, I started wondering, well, who is this God who loves me and what's the plan that he could ever have? And uh, I had no idea that God could... 
uh, later on use my broken pieces and actually make something beautiful in his time. Uh, he really has. But when you were a kid, I mean, you grew up in a Christian home. Did you pray for a miracle? Did you, did you sort of hope that God would bring your arms and legs back? I begged God. I begged yeah. God. I yeah. cried at night. I would uh, fall asleep crying, um, believing uh, what the Bible says and, and, and seeing that, you know, what, well, why wouldn't God give me a miracle? I mean, yeah. if God gave me arms and legs right now, right, like right here, everyone would be thinking, oh, that's just camera tricks. But those people who do know me, uh, they would be like, okay, that, that's a real miracle. Yeah. And some people would believe and some people would still not believe. That's true. Um, and for me, I just wanted people in the world to know that he's real. Yet there were times where I even did not know if he was real because how could he ever use me? How could I ever be happy? And that depression because of bullying at school actually brought me to an attempted suicide uh, because I didn't believe that God had a hope of future. All I could see was my pain. All I could feel was my suffering. Yeah. Uh, but that's when you walk by faith and not by sight. But really, without my, my parents who love me and encourage me, I definitely wouldn't be here right now. So you really did get bullied a lot. I mean, and it's impossible for me to believe that people could be so cruel to a kid who's already gone through so much to, to make it harder for that guy, you know? You know, and that's the point I bring. It, 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 it's it's the, the point that everyone gets bullied and teased. Yeah. And, and you can see people at school and and they have arms and legs, but you don't know if they're being verbally or sexually abused at home. You don't know sure. if they have an alcoholic father. And so mm -hmm. the difference only between me and everyone else is you can see my pain. Yeah. Uh, and, and if we only knew that there are many people uh, who, who've felt like giving up and, and many people who could either be encouraged or discouraged by your words and actions, that's where the power is to, to really instill an unstoppable faith and understanding that God can use anything, mm -hmm. any bad thing in your life, turn it into good. And yep. then you can be a miracle for someone else, even yeah. when you don't get a miracle yourself. That's right. And, and man, it, and actually, I mean, one of the great things about you is you're a pretty athletic guy. Like, <laughs> I mean, you skateboard, you surf. I mean, I, you, you can really get around still. I mean, not, not as quickly, but I've seen you like on the stage, you know, you'll, you'll move around and you do yeah. some of these things. And, and, um, and so, so much of being able to do those things was, you, you called a life without limits, just refusing that, you know, I'm not going to let this thing, you know, this setback define my life or take away the big plans that God has for me. Yeah, my parents always said, Nick, you don't know what you can achieve until you try it. Yeah. And there are many times where you're like, well, I'm not going to try that because what if I fail? What if, yeah. you know, this and that? And I think fear actually holds us back more than having no arms and legs and our mindset. And God says to renew your mind, to understand that it's not by our power or by our might, but by his spirit. Yeah. And so who knew that God can use a man without arms and legs to be his hands and feet? And it, it's not something that I say that, you know, well, everything is possible. That's a lot. I'm sorry. Yeah. God can do all things. I, I, yeah. I know that's yeah. the truth. Sure. But I'm not about to, you know, enter into the NBA or something like yeah. that. And so what you're going to do with the wisdom of God and the loving people around you is, is search God's perfect will for you and your destiny. And for as long as God gives you that passion and fire to go for that goal, you yeah. go for that. Especially when you're single and you don't have a wife and kids to worry about. That's further responsibility and a filter through your decision-making process. But when I was a single young man, I'm like, you know what, God, I will do anything. I will go anywhere. And even when I I fail, I know that you're still with me. And that's the mentality that my parents gave me to say, you know what, Nick, with God, all things are possible. I, I really feel like a big part of your testimony is not just 
it's not just that these things, like you can surf and all of that, but really it's your joy. You're such a happy and joy-filled person. And you look at so many people today who not only are totally healthy and have all the money in the world and all the success, they're not happy, they're not joyful, and they're missing something. And I think we were talking about this backstage or recently, like the, the not having arms and legs for you in some ways, is, although it's been a major setback in your life, also opens the door because it reveals the glory of Christ Jesus inside of you. That, as you said, this mortal coil, you know, it's all of us. We're, we're all, uh, I remember one guy said, we're all temporarily, uh, temporarily abled or something. So all of us are going to lose this body. And, and I, I feel like God has done such an awesome work in your life that just being with you, you can sense the Holy Spirit, the joy, the fullness of life inside of you. Do, do you find that when you hang with people at you know, for me, it's, it's really God, and, and, and there is no greater way to share the um, joy and strength of God than in your weakness, for it's in your weakness that He perfects uh, His strength in us. And when I am weak, I look weak, but yet they look at my face and they see that I'm strong, and they're like, hey, wait a second, mm -hmm. what's different about you? Right? Is it positivity? No, it's not positivity. Is it because you're a wealthy man? No, it's got nothing to do with money. Mm -hmm. The things that this world could ever give you, it's the richness of knowing that your Father in heaven owns everything. He'll yep. provide for you in every way, shape, or form. He knows the desires of your heart. Yep. His grace is sufficient. And we're nothing but citizens of heaven passing through, serving Him, mm -hmm. helping others know that that they are loved by God and that mm -hmm. God has a plan and purpose for their life. I know this is a really painful thing to talk about, um, but it's helpful for so many people that are watching today who struggle with depression. You had mentioned it earlier, just briefly, but you did attempt to take your life. And, and um, how old were you and, and what sort of led to that? And did you ever think when that happened that you would get out? Well, first of all, I never thought that I'd be married. And I feel like the fear of being alone uh, is one of the greatest fears I've ever experienced. And yeah, I think yeah. we have, though, a photo of my family. I do want to yeah, bring so up that photo so right now. We haven't mentioned that yet. You're married. You married. Two kids. Two boys and two girls. Uh, <laughs> identical twin girls. Thank you, you so much. You have a huge family. Big family. <laughs> lots of handfuls of yeah. trouble. But uh, great, great blessing from God. And I never awesome. thought, you know, that, that that would, you know, happen. And so when I was a kid, I thought, I'm not going to get a job. And it's when your fears go from rational fears to irrational fears, yeah. meaning will I get a job to concluding fearfully, I'm never going to get a job. Yeah. I'm never going to be happy. Yeah. I'm yeah. always going to be alone. And so those are the... No one will ever marry me, and I won't have children, and I won't have a family. And, and I won't I'll ever be happy, right? I mean, sure, yeah. Um, and so for me, I, yeah. I never thought I'd be independent and just a burden to, to my family. Um, and so I think really the bullying and the fear of being alone... Mm -hmm. Uh, brought me to that attempted suicide. Uh, and I went through... sort of reinforces that, right? Like you have no value. You're not lovable. Right. We don't want you. Right. When you don't know the truth of your value, you'll yeah. then believe the lies of your value that the world say about you. You need to yeah. look a certain way, be a certain way. Some guys, you know, they start saying the F word to be cool, thinking I need big biceps. My biceps yeah. were so big, they fell off. Uh, <laughs> but I went through a depression uh, right. for, for around uh, four or five years, between ages eight and, and 12. And I never thought uh, that God would, would really do something beautiful with the broken pieces that I could see. Um, and I think the four things that, that I've done to get out of depression is, number one, uh, really be thankful for what I had. Um, I'm thankful for my little foot, thankful for my 
parents, thankful that I could go to school, thankful that I could know about God. Yeah. The second thing uh, is taking one day at a time. Mm-hmm. The third thing was being able to talk to so my the, parents. So say that again. So yeah. thankful you have. The, the first one was thankful. Or the second one was taking it. Uh, what did taking you, one day at a time. You tell me a little bit about that too. Well, I mean, it, it's so easy to get so overwhelmed and even exaggerate your fear because of the unknowns. Yeah. Um, and, and, and to balance that out, you have to sort of just take a step back. And I can't think about six months from now, six years from now, and, the, and ten years from now. I'm just going to take one day at a time. God gives us strength for the next day. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so many scriptures about that. Uh, and that, that's the wisdom of God, and that's the wisdom of my parents. When I ask them the bigger questions of my future, they're like, well, look, just take one day at a time. God's with you, and you're like, yeah, okay, but, but how's that going to work out, right? That's what we want. We're stressed. I want to know the plan. What's the plan? Yeah. And, and yeah. God's like, well, if I give you a plan, then what's, what's the point of having faith? Yeah. <laughs> so he keeps us there where I say, okay, God, I'm going to trust you with all my heart. So that's the second thing. That's great, Nick. Yeah. The third thing um, is to talk to somebody. You know, if Nick Vujicic never told somebody what was really going on, mm-hmm. uh, never counseled with anybody, never asked for help, I wouldn't be who I am today. Yeah. And, yeah. and I give all the glory to God uh, for everything and that He is my greatest counselor. But sometimes He gives you His children just to say, hey, how are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. I'm all right. No, really. How can I pray for you? Yes. You know, and, and that really starts helping us refocus and, and be reminded of God's promises that then instill more faith in us. Mm-hmm. The last thing to do is actually go try and ask God today, if you're depressed, believe it or not, I'm going to tell you something that, that will sound stupid, but to actually say, God, even though I haven't got what I feel like I need today or want today, help me to, to be used that I can give somebody else what they need, what, what they need, what they want, or even just help them. Like where, whether we go to a, a cancer ward in a hospital to make yeah. those kids smile or go to an orphanage or just go feed the homeless. Go try, be a miracle for someone else. That is a great medicine of the heart that my parents taught me as it's, well. It's such great wisdom too because if you ha- it, it helps you stop dwelling on your own issues and the things you don't have and it helps you to not only see the hurts of others but feel like I've got something to be generous with. My time, my compassion, whatever. It instills purpose. In fact, yeah. having, having the, the, the reconfirmation that you are not only a child of God and your value, mm-hmm. but you have a purpose, that no matter what the lies of the enemy are telling you, you know that God did use you to help that person. And that, that's you know, not arguable. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you come back, oh, no, I am a child of God. I am wonderfully and faithfully made. And it's not mm-hmm. to say that, that we need necessarily a mission mm-hmm. or a ministry or a title to, yeah. to have the purpose of God. The greatest purpose of God that we have is to know Him, love Him, right. walk with Him, be with Him, That's talk right. to Him, and, and live as eternal beings with our eternal Father while we are still yet here. Um, our value is not determined on what we do. Our value is knowing who we are in Him That's and right. trusting in Him one day at a time. That's so good. That reminds me of something we say in our church every single week. We, we do this creed um, that was inspired by a guy named Henry Nouwen, uh, great authors, and, and we say, uh, I'm not what I do. I'm not what I have. I'm not what people say about me. I'm the beloved of God. Now, of course, what we do, we are what we do in some ways. We are what we have in some ways. If you have a million bucks, you're a millionaire. If you have nothing, you're broke. If, if you do good, you're in some ways a good person. If you do bad, you're, you know. But at the heart of it, the scriptures teaches that it all begins with grace, this idea that we're loved first despite what we do, what we have, what others say about us. And the reason I think that's so important is 
your story highlights what I think undergirds not only depression, but addiction, anxiety, and that is we need friends. We need family and we need the Lord. And the, the deepest human need is to connect deeply with God and with other people. And um, like for me, if I'm, if I'm connecting deeply with the Lord or with my wife or with my kids or my best friends, I don't have those, those nagging like, I don't want to wake up today, you know, like you would if you had depression or, or you know, urges to sin or to do, do evil or to harm others. Or like you said, start using an F word to try and fit in. It's so strange to me as a pastor, as I've sat back to realize that so many of the mistakes we make that harm us is really coming from this place that says what you said. I don't want to be alone. I want to have value. I want to, be, I want to have purpose in my life. And, and that's what I think is so great about your story is your family was able to show you, look, God loves you, but God even has a calling for you. You're going to be married. You're going mm. to have children. Mm. You're going to have good, good, lifelong friends. Mm. And don't you think, I mean, that's, that's really uh, medicine for the soul, isn't it? It really is medicine for the soul. And, and really, it, it disarms a, a church as well, mm -hmm. where we, we even aspire uh, to, to the prosperity gospel, that no matter what you want, God's going to give it to you. And mm -hmm. that becomes your focus instead of the basics of what you just said. Yeah. And I've seen the prosperity gospel actually harm continents. Yeah. Continents. Sure. And yeah. I think that what it is, is we got to really see who we are and seeing what God really wants for us. And not saying money is bad, but our focus is saying, I love you, God. Help me to love my neighbor as myself. Those are yeah. two commandments. And that's it. Everything's summarized <laughs> under right. that. So, so easy to let the good and excellent things distract us from the most important yeah. things. Or like in John 15, Jesus, Jesus says, you will abide in me if you do what? Love one another. Mm. Like it's right there. Love me. And the way you love me is you love others. The way you love others is you love me. And Amen. It's just a great Amen. word. Um, so Nick, um, I mean, those numbers are pretty crazy. I mean, you're only, how old are you, 35? 35. And you can say 35. Okay, so you're 35. I'm 34, but you know, who cares? Okay, 34. I'm for 34 or 35. So I mean, that's pretty matter. close. I got with one year. You know. <laughs> so, uh, so you're 34, and you've already seen a million people. And those are the, just the recorded ones. It doesn't count people on media TV, that you have no yeah, idea. Yeah, we've actually, people. we've actually preached to actually over 700 million, 800 million people now on TV, and, and none of those decisions were really recorded. Yeah, so exactly. We know it's just the beginning, and we are so thankful uh, for the people who pray for us and support support us and especially now in America yeah. we really feel God calling us to evangelism in America um, and not just with a tent we have an 8,000 person tent that God's now given stewardship of but really awakening the body of Christ that when Jesus says uh, my prayer is that you become one what does that look like mm -hmm. uh, and to really realize it's not just going to church uh, on Sundays um, and it's not saying well I can't pray for more than a minute a day if you just write down the 10 blessings of God in your life, mm -hmm. you'll pray more than a minute or two. I mean, I sit on the toilet 20 minutes a day. I can pray to the Alpha and Omega for 20 yeah. minutes a day if I'm sitting <laughs> on the toilet for 20 minutes yeah, a day. Yeah, that's right. And by the grace of God, uh, that's the discipline that we do need because when we don't rely on God's strength and we don't focus on Scripture, it's very easy, easy to get distracted with busyness and, yeah. and working it all out. And so 
All that to say, God has a plan for us individually, but I also believe as a nation. And I really believe God wants to move throughout this country. Yeah, and God, and I I believe it too. I think there there have been generations of people who have prayed for America. And it's so great to hear from you. I guess you're actually an American now, aren't you? I I just got my citizenship, actually. I am, (laughs) had to put my hand on my heart, whatever. But I, I, uh, they didn't get my fingerprints, but uh, I I, I am now uh, living in Southern California. And, and I do have a citizenship. Well, I, and I just think that's cool. But I mean, there's been, I know that there, there are generations, my grandparents, great-grandparents, who have prayed that this country would always be a country after the Lord. I mean, it was founded on people who are coming here for religious freedom and desire to be able to, to follow the Lord. And um, so I, I hope it's true. As an American, I, I want to see the same thing happen here. And I'm so, we're so touched, you know, that you have such a heart for this country, too. Absolutely. This is, this is my home. I, I hardly go back to Australia. Uh, Australia is always going to be in my heart. And my wife's Japanese, Mexican. And so we're praying for them. <laughs> but we pray for all the nations in the world, especially in times like this. Yeah. Well, well yeah, that's exactly right. And especially when you talk about bullying, um, I do feel like now is a time where a lot of grown-ups are bullying one another over politics, both on the left and the right. We have, um, there's people that are bullying online, on social media, trolls, and all those things. That stuff is really hard too, isn't it? I mean, you know, it's actually the core of everything. When we talk about whether God awakens our nation or not, I believe it actually starts with the next generation. Mm-hmm. And when you actually look at the world's biggest problems, in my opinion, everything stems back from pride. Someone believing that someone is more important than somebody else. When you know the truth and the Judeo Christian values, is that not one person is more valuable or less valuable than another. Mm-hmm. That's when we should actually, as a country that has on our money and God we trust, yeah. shouldn't our Christian schools first, Christian, forget about public schools for a second, Christian schools be the first schools that have no bullying? Yeah, yeah, that's such is, you know, and, and every yeah. world problem, you got human trafficking, you got hunger, you got lack of education, lack of opportunity, no integration for people. They still kill ch- children with disabilities in the world today. Yeah. Today, there are children being killed because they are disabled. And that is the law. And that's what the law says around the world yeah. in, in some countries that I've been to. And so where do we realize that we don't have to graduate out of high school before we can make a difference? We don't have to get our university, get, I mean, everyone's always waiting, you know, if I can just get this, if I can just get that, when I get yeah. married, when I get this, when I get my house paid off and get a couple rental properties, then I'll be happy. No, <laughs> it's, it's when you understand yeah. that God wants to use you as his light yeah. and light up the dark rooms in this room, uh, in, in the world. And, and we, we start in our home. We start our school. And that's why I'm so passionate about the next generation, understanding how much God cries overseeing his own children bully each other. Yeah. You know? And it happens with pastors, too. I mean, I was talking to a large group of pastors this last week about how much I hate how much pastors bully other pastors. It happens a lot. And the bigger the platform gets, the more likely it is to happen. And I think it's good to hold pastors accountable to to, you know, in a friendly way, debate doctrine and things like this. But the ways in which, um, and maybe the Internet does, you know, does this a lot that people can tweet and people can, but I just feel like, um, yeah, as a church, we ought to model what it means to ascribe dignity at the very least to one another. And I think that there's, there's a little shift coming because everyone's starting to figure out, Hey, wait a second. What we've always done isn't now working as well as it used to be. Yeah. If you totally separate yourself from the millennials and you can't get them into church, mm-hmm. what do you do? 
That then forces our thinking to, okay, we may need an adjustment. We need, may need a mindset shift. And I think in that little fear, I think there are some shifts happening in, in the leaders of, of uh, the evangelical branches. Yeah, absolutely. And using new technologies, you know, to, to do, uh, to reach Facebook Live, uh, which we did earlier, and things like that are such a great way to, to reach people. So. We hope you're enjoying the Praise Podcast. We'll get back to the interview soon. Um, earlier you were talking about how, and this was so inspiring, you're talking about how so often when we want to do something for God, we're almost like that person in the scripture who says like, when Jesus says, follow me, they're like, okay, let me go, um, you know, I have some cattle to go check on, mm-hmm. or let me go bury my father first, which mm-hmm. by the way, that... In, in context, you know this, but let me go bury my father first meant let me wait until my father dies so I can get my inheritance, and then I'll have all this money, and then I can go with you, and I'll be financially secure. You know? Oh, okay. A lot of people I didn't, didn't know that. that. It, always sounds, it always seems so brutal, doesn't it? Like, let me bury my father. It's like, you won't let him just bury his dad? But that was an expression that basically said, my, my father's elderly. I'm the firstborn son. I inherit, you know, basically two-thirds of the land if I have a brother or everything if I don't have a brother. And so let me bury him. Let me wait until he's almost dead. You know, let me wait until I get my inheritance, and then I'll come follow you. And, um, and that's, that's where so many people are. It's like I'm so close uh, to doing, look, I just need a little more security. I just need a little more money. I just need to, I just want to get married first. Or I just want to get my house first, or I just need to have a job in that area first. And you're really big on talking about this thing called unstoppable faith. And you can't live like that if you're going to live for God, Right. Amen. And even when you have um, um, success in your life, um, when they were doing uh, the casting of the net after no fish, yeah. uh, and then he goes and says, okay, we're going fishing. And yeah. they come back with two boats full of fish. Yeah. Um, someone tell, brought, tell that story. For, there might be people watching tonight who, who haven't heard that story in the scriptures. So uh, there, there are uh, these fishermen who have been fishing all day, and uh, they see Jesus there, and a crowd's gathering, and uh, Jesus wants to talk to everyone. And so he says, let's, let's go out a little bit, and I'm going to talk. And, and Jesus, he speaks to the crowd, many people there. And then he turns around and says, okay, we're going fishing. They're like, wait a second, we're going fishing? Like, yeah, I understand. We've been, we've been fishing. And uh-huh. there's, just, there's no luck today. He's like, we're going. Mm-hmm. So we go. And After they haven't caught anything. Yeah. For no, fi- no fish all day. We're going fishing. And uh, they cast out the net. And, and there's so much fish that sem- they summon a second boat. And both <laughs> the boats get so much fish that both of them, the scripture says, were starting to sink with all the weight in there. And these guys are astonished. Like, can you imagine if, if, if that happened to us? We'd be like, wow, who are you? Mm-hmm. And Jesus was asked that question, who are you? And he yep. says, follow me, and I'll make you fishes of men. Now, imagine all that fish. That's a lot of fish. Yeah. No one said, wow, look how many fish, and counting them, and, and say, look, guys, we got fish. It was like enamored with the creator. Mm-hmm. Of miracles, the the miracle maker, the 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 healer, the Messiah. They didn't care what Jesus could give them or help them achieve. Yeah. It was following Him because that's all we need. And so, mm-hmm. in the good and the bad, let Jesus be the one that you fix your eyes on. Mm-hmm. And also, when you go through difficult times, when Peter wanted to step out of the boat, and he 
focused on the waves and the wind, and, and all of a sudden he became scared. That's when he started sinking. Jesus says, fix my eyes, fix your eyes on me. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's always there to reach down. But as long as we keep our eyes on Jesus, we can walk on water. Yeah. Um, and I do believe in the God of miracles. I really do. But there's no greater miracle than you knowing that he loves you, He's forgiven you of all of your sin. You don't have to live in shame and guilt anymore. Mm-hmm. When you turn away from the life that you've been living, a life that you know, don't want to longer sin anymore, I want to live for you. I want to know you. Teach me to pray. Show me how to live. That's when redemption can come in. And you can even forgive yourself of the things you've done wrong. Mm-hmm. And God helps you in that, that new life. Mm-hmm. So what does that story then teach us about um, faith? What, I mean, what is faith really? And, and what are some practical things for people who, you know, believe God wants them to do something, but it's so hard, you know, to take that first step? And what do you say to that person? You know, first of all, when you look at the phrase unstoppable faith, um, it's not that you have an unstoppable measure of faith. You can mm-hmm. put faith of a mustard seed in the one true living God and move mountains. Yeah. But it's the unstoppable faith because the faith that we have is the truth. And when we have faith in the unstoppable God, that's when you have unstoppable faith. Yeah. And so um, uh, for me, um, uh, the story that you wanted me to share, uh, 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 you know, whatever God, God does in, in all our lives, I don't know what anyone's praying for. Um, but I certainly didn't think that I'd be an evangelist. I certainly didn't think <laughs> that I would be able to meet limbless people around the world, speak to governments, and, and after my visit, uh, education systems would allow disabled people to go into school yeah. uh, and give people opportunities. Um, you know, dream big because we have a, a, a big God. Um, and, and seek counsel from the people around you, friends and family or people that maybe are your role models that you aspire to be like in some mm-hmm. industry or whatever your goal or career kind of looks like in your heart. Sure. Pray about it. Lay it down and say, God, this is what I request. This is what I feel you've made me to do and be. I'm going to do my best and I'm going to trust you in the rest. And sometimes there are periods of waiting. Yeah. Look at all the stories in the Bible about waiting and testing and trials and yes. all these yes. things. But continue to be faithful with your own relationship with God. Be disciplined and you'll see him speak and lead your heart through scriptures, through the peace of his Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and the people he surrounds you with. So keep on going one day at a time. And if one door shuts, we know God's going to open up another door. It was, it was interesting. I was reading a book called um, Willpower by a psychologist named Baumeister. It's a secular book. But he was a, basically able to prove that the number one um, thing that'll show whether or not somebody will be successful in life, whether it's in relationships or at their job or whatever, um, the number one word uh, was willpower. That more than more than your education, more than your upbringing, more than like starting from a family that's well off, like those things were actually very low indicators compared to the power of willpower. And once I started to read that, I started to think, well, who are the people that I know that have willpower? And I'm like, it's people with vision. And I've, and I've always believed that faith really is that thing that gives you willpower. Like if you're going through a hard time and you're fighting for something that isn't actually that valuable to you, like if you're in a, a job you hate, for example, and all your, the only reason you're there is for a paycheck. Well, paycheck's not a very big vision. I mean, in the end, you need it, but it's not something people live for. So I've, I, I believe that faith gives us a vision for where we can be and that if we hold fast to that vision, which is faith, um, that God, that's from the Lord, we can endure so, so much. Like in your case, I imagine that 
that holding on to the dream, maybe someday I'll be married and have kids and have a ministry and do great things for God. I mean, I feel like for you, that had to be a big part of you enduring the, the loads of suffering that you had to face as, as a kid and as an adult. There are four different ways I could react to that. When you reverse engineer uh, that, what you just said, it's not just a vision or a goal because many people don't have goals. There's nothing wrong with a paycheck, but we got to go to the simplistic goals of knowing him, loving my neighbor as myself, planting yeah. those seeds. Uh, to have a big vision, I never thought I'd be able to be a speaker, never thought I'd get married, but we know that as we walk with God step by step, uh, we say, God, your will, not my will, show me what your will is. Sometimes he asks us to step out in the faith, and sometimes we have to wait for him to open up a door. Yeah. Uh, it, it's not a case-by-case -case basis. Uh, but really, the bottom line is, um, when you don't have a goal, then we say, well, have faith. Well, how do you get faith? You read the Word of God. Mm -hmm. When you read the Word of God, you get faith. Now, yeah. does that necessarily equate to a vision for your life? No. Does that necessarily equate to a goal for your life? No. But it first gives you the fundamental foundation that you can build for that later on, Absolutely. coming back to your value. Yeah. And I think that's the, the key. Yeah. That's the enemy's attack. If I can deceive you on your value and your identity, then what goals are you ever going to do? That's right. And so I think that's the yeah. foundation that we need to lay down for the next generation and that's say, good. then let's dream big. When you know who you are and you know who he is and he's in your corner, mm -hmm. greater is he who is in me than anything in he in the world. That's when you become unstoppable. Such a good word. And that's exactly who Jesus is. When you look at the story, he's always picking people that thought they had no value in God's kingdom. Prostitutes, tax collectors, fishermen, blue-collar workers. You know, uh, and he was just saying, follow me. You, you're going to do greater things than me, for I'm going to my father. Wow, isn't that great? It's amazing. He uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. It doesn't make sense that a man without arms and legs is very happy. Mm -hmm. uh, but we know it's because of the joy of the Lord. And we know that even when I don't get a miracle, I can still be a miracle for little limbless kids all around the world. And if I can just help one person come to heaven, that's what I want. That's my greatest goal. When I see God face to face, well done, my good and faithful servant. Welcome home. It's awesome, Nick. Thank you for that story. It's so great. And I think it's so important, too, that we learn that when we're following Jesus, that it's not easy, that it actually means in some ways our life's going to get harder. And when that happens, you're going to have setbacks. You're going to be attacked. Sometimes you're going to get sick. Sometimes you're going to have relational issues. And I think through that, the Holy Spirit would say to us, never, ever give up. One of the questions I wanted to ask you is, you know, I think so often when we think of following Jesus, we think of it as a life upgrade in the sense of like when you get, you know, something better in your life. And that is true. It is better. But we don't think of it. We oftentimes think of it as consumers. Jesus tells us in the Sermon on the Mount that to follow the narrow road because wide is the way that leads to death. But narrow is the way and difficult is a path that leads to life and few find it. And that message is oftentimes lost. So very often I think we as people, when we're following Jesus... We have major setbacks, and we ask these questions like, Lord, why did this happen? I think sometimes that even comes from the enemy. Like for me, I think for me, from my personal story, um, when I was called to pastor this church, that week, my grandma 
uh, died and suddenly out of nowhere, my wife was told that she had an incurable lifelong illness and my son had his first major seizure which would become an ongoing issue we still have today of, of epilepsy. And so my question is like, I just entered in this thing, you know, that seemed like a miracle God called me to do. Lord, why is this happening? And and I find that, that my story is actually not unique. It's very common that people, when they follow the Lord, start having some of these big trials, big setbacks, big mountains. And do you see that? And, and I really feel like you can speak to that super well. You know, for me, I, I really want everyone to know that I'm just like everyone else. Um, yeah. And just like you, many things that we've gone through are actually quite common. And when we look back at the Bible, we can see how God sometimes prunes and, and, and lets uh, some of his children go into times of questioning. Mm-hmm. Yet as we continue to, to press in and we have other people pray for us uh, and we, 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 we're encouraged by some people or even if not, mm-hmm. we know that in, even in those silent moments, God is still God. Yeah. And that's the bottom line. Yeah. Uh, and, and we must believe by faith and not by sight to believe that he can do all things and that he can bring all things together for the good for yeah. those who love him, who are in, uh, who've been called according to his purposes. Isaiah 40, 31, those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. Mm-hmm. They shall mount up on wings like uh, eagles. Uh, we got to stop waiting for sometimes different things to change around us. And we're just going to say, okay, God, I have no idea what's going on. I don't know how you're going to use this. Where are you right now? I have no idea. What did I do? Mm-hmm. Like, why couldn't you at least give me a warning? Totally. Uh, yeah. We all go through that. But really, over time, you see the faithfulness of God. And you can look back and say, wow. Like, even people who are depressed and even thinking of suicide right now, um, I want you to understand that, that, that when you get through this in this chapter of your life, uh, I always tell people just 10 years from now, imagine if you actually meet somebody who's 10 years younger than you, 10 years from now, and you meet them and they're going through something you're going through right now, what you're feeling, what you're thinking, and, 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 and the distraught that you're in. And you can go up to them and say, hey, I know you feel like there's no hope but there is hope. I know you can't see anything beautiful coming out of your broken pieces, but here's my story. And that's where I believe, Pastor Bobby, that's the power of understanding that God has a plan for each of us and a story of a testimony of how God can truly do something beautiful in our lives when we trust in Him. I think that's one of the big lies of the enemy that comes along is that when we're going through hard times, the lie is it'll be this way forever. And it's in that that then the enemy says, because God has abandoned you, right? Either God's punishing you for some sin in your past or God doesn't exist. You just wrestle with whether, whether or not this whole thing is just made up. And these are, the, I think, the kinds of ways that the enemy attacks us in our mind. And yet, like, as you said, you look back and you're like, God has been faithful. Mm. He's gotten me this far. And I, I think it, it's so useful to think in terms of, like, this is going to pass as well. And God is going to work all of this for his purpose. Doesn't feel like it. Sometimes it can feel annoying to hear something like that when you're going through it, you know? <laughs> totally. You know, but, but you just look back and you're like, God got me through this. He'll yes. get me through it again. Yeah. yeah. And many people, once they go on the other side of that mountain or on the other side of that valley, mm-hmm. uh, they look back and, and I can tell you right now, and, I, and I'm sure you can tell everyone as well, if we had the ability to turn back time, would you have done something differently? No. You know, for sure we have regrets, for sure. But at the same time, even though we know we're not perfect, we can see the perfect workmanship 
of what God was doing in our hearts and our minds during those valleys. Yeah. We're thankful for that. And I want you to know that one day uh, you're going to re remember this interview with Bobby Schuller and Nick Voyager looking at you in the <laughs> camera saying, you're beautiful. Don't give up. God loves you. Don't give up on God and God will not give up on you. I, I think one of the worst things, one of the hardest things, I don't want to say worst, but hardest things about being a Jesus follower is God's timing. God's timing is super annoying. It's like, I, it, fe it feels like if, he's, if there's anything consistent about God's timing is that it seems like he's so often an 11th hour God. I just see that over and over that so many times you think, how is God going to come through on this one? And then bam, that last second. And so many people give up before they reach that point. I don't know why the Lord does that, but in my experience, I just find that, and I say that tongue in cheek, you know, I'm just joking that God's time is annoying, but it does, it can feel that way. It's like, God, where are you? And, and so often it's just right at the end there, isn't it? Look, sometimes it's right there at the end. Sometimes what you were praying for doesn't come true. Yeah, that's true. And the yeah. bottom line is this, if anyone tells you different, they're lying. Yeah. Because there are many times where God says no. There are many times where we want something. And, and you know, my dad, right, he died of cancer uh, just five months ago. We prayed for healing. Arms and legs didn't come. But the beautiful thing about this is the big question that God asks everyone. Do you trust me? I sent my son Jesus Christ to die on the cross for your sins. He raised himself from the grave. I will raise you when you die. Our treasure is not here on earth. Our treasures are up there. And until that day, I am going to be with you, says God. I will carry you when you cannot walk. I'll heal you along the way. Maybe not all the physical ailments will disappear. But I will give you all the strength that you need. My grace is sufficient and I'm with you and I'll never leave you. That may be the very question God's asking you today. Mm. Have you said yes to Jesus today? Because if you haven't, until we trust God with all our heart and give Him the keys to our house, not just have Jesus as a guest in our house, because your guest in your house never opens the door. When the devil comes knocking on your front door, for as long as you hold the key to your house, guess who's going to answer that door? Give Jesus the key to your heart. Say, God, take all of me. Take my brokenness. Take my mind. Take my heart. Take my sins. I don't want to depend on my strength and my intellect anymore. I want you into my life. Please change me. Mold me. And today, if you don't know if, if you're going to heaven or not, I want to ask you to say a quick prayer right now. Just close your eyes. Say, dear God, come into my life. I'm a sinner. Forgive me. Change me. I don't want to sin. I want to live for you. I want to know you. Give me faith and help me to know you through scripture. Help me to find a church and give me friends to help me along the way. God, change me, fill me with your Holy Spirit, teach me to pray, and show me how to live one day at a time. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And I just want you to know if you said that prayer, this is the beginning. And, and when a baby's born, uh, they don't eat a filet mignon. Uh, <laughs> we start with little baby steps, and that's what mm -hmm. baby steps are. Yeah. So, but find a local church, and ask God to help you, and He will help you every step of the way.
Thank you for listening to this episode of TBN's Praise Podcast. If you enjoyed today's interview, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, share it with a friend, and consider leaving a review. We look forward to having you join us back here next week. 